number uh, to, to John chapter number 18. And if you did not get a Sunday school lesson, uh, there's some at the back. Uh, could I have one of the men, uh, maybe uh, Brother Eric or Brother Ma's going to take care of that? Uh, handles, if you need a, a Sunday school lesson, uh, be sure to raise your hand. Uh, this is our last uh, se segment of this lesson. Uh, lesson 11, a lesson on forbearance. And we're looking at John chapter 18, and beginning in verse uh, number one today. And uh, before we continue, I forgot, uh, the children and the teens can be dismissed for their Sunday school hour as well. Uh, so they can go. John chapter 18, and verse number one, we read, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon them, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And soon, as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into, thy sheath, into the sheath, the cup which my father hath given me. Shall I not drink it? Then the band of the captain... And the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him, and led him away to Annas first, and he was, uh, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Let's pray as we begin our, our Sunday school this morning. Father, I thank you for uh, this opportunity to share your word. Uh, Lord, I pray you help me as I preach. Lord, I pray you work in hearts this morning as we learn about Peter uh, and learn about being uh, forbearing, long-suffering, and patient. Lord, I pray you would help us uh, this morning. And I thank you for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as a way of review, we've looked at in the last couple weeks, pastors looked at uh, the first parts of this lesson. Uh, have you ever acted impetuously? Have you ever failed to, to show patience? I'm, I'm sure I uh, would say I've, I have failed to show patience at times. Uh, and oftentimes driving here in Edmonton that has tested my patience. Some drivers here need some education, but uh, it's not my, my place. And so uh, we see, have, have you ever failed to follow what David wrote? Uh, the words of David when he said in Psalm 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord. Uh, he repeats that a couple times in that passage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So oftentimes it's easy for us to uh, act and react on a situation in a way that the Lord uh, would not want us to do, uh, in a way that is not Christ-honoring, but uh, it, we should uh, be seeking to uh, 
act in a way that is Christ-honoring, uh, that we are forbearing to others. And so the Christian must remember that God wants us to be long-suffering. God wants us to be slow to wrath, to be patient. And so these attributes, when they are combined uh, together, they be, uh, are woven into kind of the idea of forbearance. And so all these traits uh, we see, uh, we find in, in Scripture, God uh, is uh, the best example of these traits we see in Psalm 86. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. We see God is uh, full of compassion. I'm thankful. Are you thankful today? God is full of compassion. He is long-suffering. I'm thankful that God was long-suffering to me that in my sin, he was willing to uh, forgive me of my sin and wait uh, 13 years in my life before I turned to Christ and trusted his son. And so we see in James as well, Wherefore, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And we see, as we look at our lesson today about Peter, uh, we're going to learn uh, and see uh, how Peter, you know, he failed in some areas in this, uh, in this regard about being uh, slow to act, uh, slow to respond to what was happening, and, and thinking about it wisely. Uh, we see, number one in your, in your notes today, the betrayal, uh, the betrayal. Uh, as he had done with many events in his final week, Jesus had foretold uh, the act of his betrayal. So he uh, told the disciples that he would be uh, betrayed. Uh, it seems the disciples weren't very bright about it. They didn't uh, understand what he was saying. It says in Matthew 26, Now when even was come, he sat down uh, with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And it seems the disciples, they're like, uh, so often like us, we, we aren't paying attention, we aren't focusing, we're distracted. They miss this entirely that, you know, Judas said, uh, am I going to betray you? And the Lord said to him, yes, that you are, what you have said is true. And so the betrayal of the Lord was truly uh, we see one of one of many of the darkest hours uh, in human history. Uh, those who love the Lord, we see, uh, we we think about this situation and we think about Judas just betraying the Lord. The the this hatred, the the all the emotion behind that, the uh, the vic uh, the victim uh, that our Lord was to uh, this betrayal. And so we see as we reflect and remember about God's plan. Christ knew that this was going to happen. This was written in uh, the Old Testament of him that one would betray him. Uh, and we see he was willingly allowing himself to be uh, led toward his ultimate destiny uh, on the cross. And as we've noted before, the scriptures had to be uh, fulfilled. Uh, and it's the way it had to be. We see in John 13, uh, in verse 27, it states that Satan himself 
entered into Judas. Uh, Jesus was not the first and certainly not uh, the last to be betrayed by one of Satan's pawns. We see David, he knew this uh, betrayal as well. And in Psalm 55, we see uh, it, it probably refers to David's friend Ahithophel, uh, who uh, joined Absalom, David's son, uh, in his rebellion against uh, David the king. And so we see here in Psalm 55, destroy O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man, mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God and company. You know, the, the deepest, one of the deepest hurts you can experience in life uh, is that of a friend uh, turning against you. A friend uh, who you were dearly beloved with and uh, had a great friendship with, uh, and they betray you they break your hearts they uh, they go against uh, that friendship they break your trust and we see here in letter a the kiss of Judas uh, the kiss of Judas uh, the word kiss here it, it connotes uh, love and tenderness and uh, affection we see there's there's no uh, greater devaluing of this uh, action of a kiss than it, to use it uh, to betray someone we see uh, while the Passover meal was going on, G Judas had stolen away. He had uh, left, and Jesus actually told him, you know, what you do, do quickly. What you're going to do, do quickly. Uh, and so Judas, he leaves, and he goes and uh, gets the, uh, the, the chief, uh, the, the guards, and, and goes and to betray Jesus. And we see they had gone into the garden, Jesus and the disciples, uh, as, we just, as we studied a few lessons ago. And Judas knew that with the darkness it might be hard to find uh, and pick out Jesus from the rest. Uh, unlike the common pictures that we see of, uh, that are illustrated of Jesus uh, in our world today, Jesus, I don't believe, was a white man who had long flowing hair, as we see often. I don't believe that was the case. I believe he looked like um, just a common Hebrew man. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, there is no... Uh, beauty that we should desire him. There was nothing about him that people would look at him and say, "Wow, that's a, a handsome-looking guy." Uh, there, it was. He looked like the, everyone else, and that's, I believe, why uh, Judas had to use this symbol, uh, this action of kissing Jesus uh, we, to, on the cheek to see uh, to show the, those that were with him who Jesus, uh, which one it was that they were to take. And uh, we see uh, where they came and. Uh, Judas, he kisses him on his cheek, uh, and we see in many ways, uh, Judas was in many ways like the world today. He knew much about Jesus. Uh, he professed to be his follower, but he had never surrendered his life to Jesus. He had never been saved. Uh, if that's you today, uh, if you know a lot about Jesus, uh, and you know, uh, and you, you, know you, you act like you're, you're a Christian, you follow uh, Christian uh, conduct, uh, but it's never gone from your, your mind to your heart. If it's never made a difference in your heart, 
Uh, that, that's the distance uh, you've missed uh, from you know, God uh, allowing you to come into heaven is, is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Judas was much like this. Uh, we see in Proverbs 27, verse number 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And then we continue on, letter B. Uh, we learn about the kindness of Jesus. Uh, the kindness of Jesus. Uh, we see in Matthew 26, uh, in that passage, uh, the, the parallel passage to the one we read this morning, uh, we see Jesus calls Judas friend. He says, friend, wherefore art thou come? And so Jesus knew exactly what Judas was doing, uh, why he was coming to him in the garden, and yet he still refers to him as uh, a friend. Um, you see, the amazing uh, thing about our Lord is he is the friend of sinners. He is the friend, uh, I was reading this morning, I believe in, in Matthew 9, that he was eating with publicans and sinners, and, and the religious people got really upset about that. They got, why is Jesus eating with publicans and sinners? And I saw something this week about uh, a man was talking with a group of college students, and, and, and they were asking him, well, if, if you had a friend who was a, uh, a murderer, would you still be friends with him? And uh, would, you, would you still try to be a friend with him? And he said, absolutely. And they were all confused and going, because in their mind, cancel culture says, you know, if someone's done something bad, you shun them out, out of your life. And he said, no. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people. I'm friends with people who have taken God's name in vain. I've taken, I'm friends with people who are uh, uh, adulterers. I'm friends with people who are you know, guilty of all sorts of things. Uh, just because they have sinned uh, does not mean that I can't be a friend to them. It uh, doesn't mean that I can uh, help encourage them to come to Christ, to, uh, to uh, repent of their sin, to turn from their uh, wicked ways and, and, and trust Christ. And we see... Uh, Jesus, uh, loving uh, to Judas, he calls him friend. Uh, Judas was about to commit one of the most despicable uh, acts in all of recorded history, yet Christ did not even rebuke him. Uh, so if we think about it, how, how Jesus felt about Judas did not depend on Judas. I'll say that again. How, how Jesus thought about Judas did not depend on Judas, how, how Judas felt about Jesus. Uh, his uh, love for Judas was not dependent uh, on how Judas loved him. I'm, I'm thankful the Bible says uh, he loves uh, us. Uh, we, he first loved us. Uh, we love him because he first loved us. Uh, we see our response when we are wrong says much about our character. The Lord tells us that we are to be an example. Last year, as I looked through 1 Timothy 4, uh, verse 12, I looked at all these different areas that we should be uh, an example in our walk, in our conversation, in our purity, and in our charity. And uh, to be led by the Spirit, we need uh, to be an example of for, uh, in forbearance. And so we see, uh, let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 3. Uh, it says, put on, therefore, uh, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of 
perfectness. Uh, we, see, uh, in, we see that there's many parallels in uh, the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus. Uh, Joseph, I, I see so many different pictures in his life uh, that illustrate what Jesus uh, went through. Uh, one of these uh, parallels, a very striking one, is that the attitude of Joseph towards those uh, who mistreated him, uh, particularly his brothers. Uh, when his brothers had come back uh, to Egypt and uh, Joseph reveals who he is to them, uh, we see uh, their, their, their brothers had hated uh, Joseph for uh, his dreams and for their favoritism that their father showed to him, uh, going so far as to sell him into slavery uh, to those who were traveling to Egypt. And they hoped to never see Joseph again. And through many trials, uh, as Joseph recounts, and as we see in Genesis chapter 39 through 41, Joseph, he rose to second in command in Egypt, and he was in charge of the food supply during a region-wide famine. And so his brothers came to Egypt seeking food, and we see uh, Joseph took them in and told them, as, as he revealed to them uh, who he was, he says, Fear not, for I am I in the place of God. Uh, they were afraid that, uh, that he would take their lives, uh, that he would end their lives for what they had done. And he says, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Now how, how do we treat those who have mistreated us? How do we uh, deal with those who have done wrongs against us? Uh, how are we uh, treating those people? And so we see, uh, if we follow the example of Joseph, uh, we, sh we should follow his example and, and definitely the example of Jesus. And so number two, we see the battle. Uh, the battle. Uh, after Christ had been betrayed, uh, we see a battle broke out. Peter, he uh, rose and, uh, to the Lord's defense and sought to uh, protect him by personally assaulting one of the high priest servants, a man named Malchus. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to stand strongly for the Lord, uh, but it needs to be done in God's way and in God's time. And so we see letter A, the sword of Peter. Uh, and we see Jesus, he as always had uh, puts the welfare of others first. After Jesus acknowledged that he was the one that they sought, uh, he told them to allow his followers to go. Uh, he, the terrified disciples took the opportunity. Uh, it says in Matthew, all the disciples forsook him and fled. And just as Jesus had said they would, uh, but not before Peter. Uh, of course, they attempted, uh, see, attempted to have a say in the matter. Peter decided that he needed to defend the Lord uh, himself and all, all by himself against the whole armed mob uh, if necessary. He took his sword and drew it and took a swing at the right head of the high priest servant, uh, of the head of the high priest servants and sliced off his right ear. Uh, and this was probably uh, is not, as, not his intentions. It seemed Paul, uh, Peter had bad aim. Uh, he was probably looking for uh, a blow to the head. And we see it, it, 
It, while it is commendable to defend the Lord, it is uh, an extremely important for us to be right, uh, to do it right, uh, to be it, to, for it to be done at the right time and in the right way. See, we, God, God is the judge of all. Uh, and we are commanded, uh, we see, we are commanded in Matthew 7 that we uh, judge not, that ye be not judged. Uh, it seems as if Peter had pronounced himself to be the judge, uh, jury and executioner all once at on one, on one time. Peter had uh, reverted to the concepts found in Jewish law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We see in the heat of the moment he had forgotten what Jesus had taught in him. Uh, Jesus had said in Matthew 5, uh, Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And so, uh, as we continue letter B, uh, the sympathy of Jesus. He was, uh, we see in Luke chapter 22, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Uh, when one responds to an unjust attack as the Lord did with peace and silence, immediately it gives uh, others pause uh, because it's, it's not, uh, this is obviously not a natural response to some, some action like that, to an unjust attack. Uh, Jesus not only refused to fight back, uh, but he actually healed uh, the wound of Malchus. He took his ear and uh, picked it up and placed it back on his on his uh, head and, and healed it like it was uh, before the uh, incident. And so we see at this stressful time in his life, part of the, the cup that he prayed uh, before in the garden, uh, that he had prayed for his father to spare him from, Jesus again put others uh, before himself. And we see David, he uh, was once more headed to exile. And, and this time uh, we see at the, the time he was in the hands of his own son, uh, Absalom, and on his sorrowful way out of Jer Jerusalem, he was accosted by an, a man named Shimei. And so we see in 2 Samuel, let's, let's turn there, 2 Samuel uh, chapter number 16. And we'll look in verse number 5. And when King David came to Bahurim, Behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and all the servants of, the, of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, who, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into, thy, into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let, the, let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. 
And the king said, What have I do to do with you, ye sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. And it may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. We see David, he chose to leave the matter uh, with the Lord, and he commanded Shimei uh, to not, uh, that Shimei not be harmed. Uh, when others attack us, uh, are we able to react with kindness and even sympathy? We see, are we able to forbear and resist the temptation uh, that is so deeply ingrained in us to get even, uh, to uh, make things right our own way? And if so, we are truly following some worthy examples. Christ lived uh, to love the unlovely. Uh, there is no greater picture of the principle taught uh, in Matthew 5, verse 44, saying, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Uh, we see the Lord's life could be summarized by the words in Acts 10, uh, in verse 38, where it states that he went about doing good. Uh, it would be a wonderful thing if our friends and our neighbors saw a, a pattern of good works in our lives. Uh, we see Matthew chapter 5, You've heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the son, his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. I, I remember uh, learning in college, someone explained to me that that verse uh, where it says, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. So I, for a long time, I thought that you know rain was a bad thing, and oh, God sends rain on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good and bad people. But uh, someone explained to me, well, in, in the context, they're in an agricultural setting, and uh, I, I grew up uh, in rural areas, and I, my foster parents are uh, farmers themselves, and so uh, I remember them praying for rain. Uh, so often, you know, praying for rain for their crops, and they would pray for rain often. And we see God, he sends rain uh, on the just and on the unjust. You know, God uh, is good to even those who uh, do not love him. God is good to you, to those who uh, hate him and, and curse his name. God blesses those even who uh, just have, want nothing to do with him. God is, is so good that he loves even those who do not love him. And so we see, uh, we continue on number three today. Uh, as we can, uh, look at a new, new portion of this lesson. Number three is the binding. The binding. 
after the uh, betrayal and this brief battle that we see, we just saw, Jesus allowed himself to be bound and led away. Uh, we see, uh, for illustration, a, a type, uh, the word type, it's an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth. And one of the greatest types of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, uh, I believe, was Isaac. Isaac was uh, the son of promise uh, to Abraham. Uh, it was through Isaac that the promised seed was promised to come. And probably uh, the greatest type of Isaac as the Lord Jesus Christ is found in Genesis chapter 22. We see uh, in Genesis 22, we see Isaac led to Mount Moriah uh, by his father. And it was there that Isaac asked his father where the sacrifice was. He, he asked Abraham, he says, where, I see, you know, here's the wood, I see... Uh, everything that we need for the altar, but where is uh, the, the sacrifice? What are we going to uh, sacrifice? And so we see uh, Abraham told him that God would provide himself a sacrifice. And ultimately, Isaac allowed himself to be bound and laid upon the altar. And Unfortunately, we see in that instance that God provided an alternative, a substitute. Uh, I'm thankful that God provides a substitute for for me that I do not have to uh, pay the penalty of my sin by myself. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, you uh, today you can uh, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you do not have to pay for the penalty of your sin by yourself. Jesus has done it. Amen. And so we see letter A, the arrest of Jesus. Jesus commanded the weapons be put away, and he allowed himself to be arrested. And it was the next step on the road he knew he had to travel. Uh, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, and Christ had come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so there was no other way uh, that this was going to happen. He had been telling his disciples all about this uh, for many, uh, many years. And so he was about, uh, what was about to come, the disciples were still not ready uh, to accept it. And at this point, we see all the disciples forsook him, and they fled, and they left the Lord uh, to be uh, beaten and scourged and tried uh, and crucified. We see the Apostle Paul, he was undoubtedly one of the greatest Christians of the, of the New Testament era. In many ways, uh, he emulated the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul knew that God wanted him to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he also knew that in Jerusalem, he would not be warmly received. Uh, it's most interesting to read his response when he is telling uh, the other disciples, I want to go to Jerusalem. He says, it says in Acts 21, And when we heard these things, both we and they of the, that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And are we ready? Are we ready to carry out the will of the Lord for our lives and accept whatever consequences there may be? You know, I believe that the best place to be in your life is in the center of God's will. Amen. The Amen. best place you can go in your life uh, is in the center of God's will. It might be difficult uh, many, for many it is it's very uh, difficult to follow the Lord uh, but it is so rewarding 
And so letter B, we see the ascent of Jesus. Letter B, the ascent of Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ, he could have destroyed uh, every one of his attackers with a word. Uh, he could have spoken the word and it would have been done. We're going to learn about that this morning. I'm um, speaking about omnipotence this morning, how uh, what, God, what God says is as good as done. And we see he could have destroyed every one of his attackers with a word or even with just a look. But he allowed them to arrest him and to lead him off to face trial. Uh, he did not resist. And because uh, to do so would have been to resist the will of God. And Jesus had already told his father, not my will, but thine be done. You've, you've probably heard that meekness, meekness, it's not weakness. Uh, meekness is strength under control. Meekness is strength under control. It's most certainly the case that when we think about Jesus Christ, he had all power, he had all control. Uh, the Lord who embodied this meekness can show us how to have forbearance toward others and to die uh, to self. We see Jesus saying in John chapter 8, I do always those things that please him. We should, we should strive to live our lives in a way that Everything that we do, we think, is this pleasing to you, God? Is what I'm doing today, is this pleasing to you, God? Is the, what I'm doing for work pleasing you? Is the way I'm living my life pleasing to you, God? And so as we reflect on uh, this incident in Peter's life, it's, uh, this lesson reminds us that the Christian walk will not always be uh, an easy walk. It will not always be a comfortable walk. Uh, we must trust the Lord uh, we must rely on him to carry us through times of trial uh, and difficulty. And we can be encouraged uh, by the fact that he is all-powerful. Uh, we, we're we're going to learn about that this morning. I'm excited to uh, share the next uh, step uh, lesson in our series on the attributes of God. Uh, we'll be learning about how our omnipotent God, He, uh, even though he has all power, he's, he, he loves us and he cares for us. And uh, so we see... Uh, God has the strength, we see, uh, and wherewithal to solve any problem and fulfill any need. And we must be willing to trust him, uh, always remembering that someday uh, every knee and every tongue, uh, we see every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, until that day, there are times uh, that God's people will be required uh, to bear quite a load for the Lord's sake. And, and we can only do that. Uh, with God's help. And so let, let's pray as we uh, finish our Sunday school this morning. And then we'll be uh, dismissed for a break. Father, I thank you for this morning. I uh, pray you'd help us as we uh, live our lives this week that we would follow your example. Lord, there's, there's definitely some in our lives that uh, do not uh, seek uh, our best, that do not desire uh, for us to prosper and to uh, Lord, and they desire evil upon us, Lord, but help us, Lord, to follow your example, to love them as you loved us. Help us, Lord, to uh, be forbearing and, and patient to them. Help us to uh, show uh, your love to others, Lord, as you loved sinners and, and those who uh, were rejected in society. Lord, help us to uh, be a friend uh, to someone, Lord, who uh, society has rejected, Lord. Help us, 
uh, Lord, to be patient and to trust you, Lord, in, in our walk with you. Um, God, I ask you that you would uh, fill us with your spirit, Lord, as we uh, desire to, to seek you and to live uh, our lives uh, honoring and glorifying to you. Lord, I thank for this. Uh, and Lord, I pray for the, the those coming, for the service in, uh, to come. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.